Hello and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host. Typically, we talk about educational issues and kid issues from a parent and a teacher perspective. But in the 12 days before Christmas, I've taken a little detour and we're talking about the 12 days of Christmas arguments. And this is day 10. What is the best novelty Christmas song of all time? And before we start the episode, I'm just going to get two out of the way that I believe are just too mainstream now to be novelty Christmas songs. And this may cause an argument right off the start. One is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, made popular by Gene Autry. And two is Frosty the Snowman. And the best version of that, if you were growing up in the 70s, watching the cartoon, the, the Rankin-Bass Frosty cartoon... It's Jimmy Durante's version, who is the narrator of that Frosty. Hopefully, that didn't make you mad enough to stop listening, because we have a few more of your favorite novelty Christmas songs. But which one is the best? Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? Fan school. FanSchool is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of FanSchool as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on FanSchool. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. You know, I can't believe I've done this 10 straight days. There were a few times where I would double up on podcasts, uh, especially over the weekends. So it would give me a free day because I have a, I have a full-time job. This is a hobby. But for the last few days, I have been creating the podcast early in the morning and posting them that night. And I hope you've been enjoying the other nine arguments. And if you haven't listened to any of them, Go back in the library, we have things like, what is the best Rankin-Bass Christmas special? What is the best Christmas hymn? Who's the best Scrooge? Just a bunch, and you, on some you might agree with me, on some you probably will not agree with me. And hopefully, this starts a little bit of discussion at your Christmas table this season. And the question is, what is the best novelty Christmas song. If you would like to lodge your complaints after listening to this or for any of the other episodes, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. That's P as in parent, T as in teacher, C as in conference, podcast 411, all one word, at gmail.com. And as I said earlier, this is really an educational podcast where I 
take different issues and try to look at it from a parent and teacher's perspective. And there's about 70 episodes, if that's what interests you. That's why you may have seen this pop up on one of your social media feeds, because I put hashtags on that deal with parents and teachers and education. And you're probably wondering, well, this has nothing to do with that. And, and it doesn't. It's just This is really just a give back, a gift to my loyal listeners. I hope that you will become a loyal, loyal listener as well. So take a look at some of those issues. And again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or ideas for future podcasts, please feel free to reach out to me. Now, one thing I, I'm planning on doing in the new year is I would like to start doing more interviews. So I ha- I've asked some people. I've reached out. Now it's just finding time for myself and those people, both educators and parents. And the educators are also parents. So it's it really ties in well to what we're trying to do here. But hey, let me get into the topic at hand, and that is the best novelty Christmas song. Now, I'm going to start out with one that just brings back nostalgia for me personally in my family. It was created in 1979. It was created by a husband and wife, and it turns out, I guess, the husband was a veterinarian and he was a competitive runner. As somebody you wouldn't think would create a song like this. It was written for him, but still, to produce it. But he was a bluegrass player. So, well, the song is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And why this brings back nostalgia for me is every Christmas morning, we would head over my grandparents' house. And my father's an only child, but my mother had uh, two brothers and a sister. We were usually always there early because my mom would help my grandmother. She was the oldest of the two daughters. So she would help my grandmother getting the meal ready. And then slowly, my other cousins would come to my grandparents' house. And it's kind of always kind of funny. It was funny because they all lived in the same town as my grandparents, but yet we were the ones there early. Now, to, to be fair... I lived in northeastern New Jersey. Grandma and Grandpa's house was two, like a town away. It was one town separating us from Grandma and Grandpa's house. And if you know anything about the area, that is probably a 10 to 15 minute ride only because of lights. If there were no traffic lights and just typical uh, more rural or suburban roads, I could probably be there in about five minutes. But anyway, so we were there early, and my grandfather discovered Grandma got run over by a reindeer. He had, you know, the old cassette deck, you know, like a little handheld one. Well, not a hand, like not a, I'm not talking a Walkman. I'm talking a one that was bigger that you could carry around, only had one speaker. And he had a cassette of Grandma got run over the, by a reindeer. And he would play it nonstop. He would walk around the house and he would just start laughing when, it, you know, grandma got, and he would sing along with it. And every time another one of my cousin's families would show up, he'd play, start playing it again and louder for them. And, they, oh, is this a funny song? And that lasted for a few that you know that joke lasted for a few years but it brought back great memories of my grandparents my grandfather i mean if there was any man who was just jolly that would be my grandpa 
he just even when I think about him, I can't think about him without a smile on his face. He just loved the little things in life, like busting on my grandmother with grandma got run over by a reindeer. He loved circuses. He loved Christmas. He loved his grandchildren. And he was just a fun, nice guy. You know, I always say, like, everybody loved Mikey. And my nephew, my sister's son, never met him. My, my brother-in-law did because he and my sister started dating in high school, and my grandparents were both still alive at that point. So he got to know my grandparents. And I remember one day sitting, it probably was a Christmas meal with, in the last few years with my sister's family and my family and my parents, and we were talking about my grandfather. And I just turned to my nephew and I said, we were telling stories and laughing, and I just turned to my nephew and I said, you would have loved your great-grandfather. He, he was a fun guy. And then my brother-in-law looked at his son and said, Uncle Kevin's right. You, you, he was a fun guy. You, you definitely would have enjoyed your great-grandfather if you had the opportunity to meet him. So, again, I think Grandma got run over by reindeer, by Elmo and Patsy. Definitely one of the top novelty Christmas songs of all time. Now, I know some people say that it's problematic because, hey, you're, you're talking about Grandma getting run over and being killed by Santa Claus. It's a joke. It, it's a freaking joke. Get some, get some humor back. I mean, if you're truly upset about Grandma got run over by a reindeer, I'm happy for you. You want to know why? Because you don't have many problems in life. Okay? Get over yourself. You know, in a similar vein of my grandfather playing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, I remember whenever this song came on, you know, my parents would say, are you listening to that song? When I was like a little kid and Santa was about to come. And the song is... I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Because I ain't been nothing but bad. You know, it was written in 1955, and I don't hear it as much on holiday playlists anymore. The best-selling live performance was actually sung by a six-year-old. And his name was Barry Gordon. And the interesting thing is that Barry doesn't fade away from the limelight. Now, again, you probably have never heard of Barry Gordon, but he became a talk show host. He did some acting as he grew up. But you may have heard the voice of Barry Gordon other than Nothing for Christmas because if you remember the 80s, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he was the voice actor for both Donatello and Bebop. So just not a, he's not one of those kids who just faded away. He seems to have had a long and successful career in other pursuits and some of them dealing with acting and voice work. Now, of course, the 70s brought us Saturday Night Live. But there was another comedy sketch show that was, you had to like catch it. And when you caught it, it could be really funny. And when you start going through the names of the people that was part of this comedy group, in his comedy show, you can see why. Let me go over the names of the people, because if you've never seen it, I have a copy of the DVD, SCTV Holiday Special, Second City TV. 
And this group came out of Toronto. So you have a bunch of Canadians in it. But when I list these actors, and again, some of them are, I think most of them are Canadians, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, there was, if you've never heard of it, you're going to be like, there was a TV show with all that talent in it at one time? Yeah, there was. Let me go over the list of actors that were in it. John Candy. Rick Moranis. Martin Short. Eugene Levy. Catherine O'Hara. Andrea Martin. Joe Flattery. Dave Thomas. And even Harold Ramis, who was on the first season of the show. How could that not be a hit? But yet, it was hard to find. And obviously, some of those actors were also writers for the show as well. It just was a great comedy sketch show. And the song that comes out of it, that's a Christmas novelty song. If you've never heard it, I'll post it on my website, CoachCullen.com. It's the 12 Days of Christmas by two brothers. Bob and Doug McKenzie. It's not really Bob and Doug McKenzie. They're, it was a skit of a Canadian talk show called The Great White North. And the brothers were played by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. And when I say Dave Thomas, I'm not talking about the Wendy's guy, by the way. And they put out a comedy album. And on that album is the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. And of course, it doesn't really go along with the 12 days of Christmas. It goes along with a lot of Canadian things because, again, they're a Canadian talk show, the Great White North. So instead of a partridge in a pear tree, it's a beer in a tree. They have five golden toques, and a toque is a ski cap, and back bacon, and, you know, instead of French hens, it's French toast. So it's a kind of, and, and they argue throughout the song. Now, I don't know if this song was ever part of an actual episode. You might have to find it on their comedy album. But it's a great look. Now look it up. The Because other than a couple of bits they do on the comedy album, I actually have a, still have a copy on vinyl still. Cause I, I, I loved it so much as a kid. I remember buying it. The other song that's on there that isn't a Christmas song that you might want to check out, it's just because it's funny and you'll be shocked, is think of the most famous Canadian bands you can think of. What is like the most famous Canadian band? And I'm not talking about Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians. I think you have to be at least as old as me to get that reference, if not older. Well, the, the most famous Canadian band that I know of is Rush. And they have a song. They, they wanted a theme song to their show. And and their derogatory way of get, telling somebody they're upset with them is they say, take off, take off. So they get fellow Canadian Getty Lee to come on their album, and he sings their theme song. I'll probably post that to CoachCullen.com if I can find it on YouTube. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty place to go. Take off. Sorry about my singing. And it's it's like one line of lyrics and Getty Lee going, So it's, it's fun. Uh, maybe you won't like I liked it. Now, other novelty Christmas songs that I can think of is All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, which I heard was written by a teacher of second graders around Christmas time. The teacher noticed that a lot of their kids, 
her kids were missing their front teeth. And not that any kid ever asked for them, but thought that would make a fun Christmas song. Dominic the Christmas Donkey, you know, that old favorite is another one you probably like, but it's not the best. None of these have been the best so far. One that I enjoy is Snoopy's Christmas, um, where it's a song written in the 60s, and it talks about oh, the, the famous World War I air battle between the Red Baron and Snoopy. And, of course, in the spirit of Christmas, the Red Baron has Snoopy in his sights, but he just wishes him, in, in, the, in the spirit of Christmas, a Merry Christmas and flies away. I know I probably missed some famous, you know, one that you're like, hey, how about this? And write me, email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com if I did not mention your favorite novelty Christmas song. But it's time to announce what I believe is the best novelty Christmas song of all time. In 1958, a guy named Ross, I'm going to get this name wrong, Bagdasarian, wrote a song that you may have heard of. It's not a Christmas song, more like a Halloween song, I would guess, if you wanted to call it that, called Witch Doctor. My friend, the witch doctor, he told me what to do. Okay, very big novelty hit. And in the song, there's a there's a part that goes, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, bing, bang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Okay, I probably did that wrong. But when he gets to that part of the song, it's supposed to be the witch doctor speaking, and it's not sung in a normal tone. You hear like, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ding, bang, blah, blah, bing. You know, kind of like, and I, yeah, I can't even hit that high note. It's those high notes anymore. And what back, that, this, back the Sarian does is it's him. It's still him singing, but he has that part of the song sped up. So it sounds in that high-pitched voice, and it led him to a spark of inspiration. What if he wrote a song where most of it is done with that technique? And probably when he listened to it, he said to himself, well, I'm not going to say, now obviously the witch doctor was one who said it, but people don't sound like that. What can I imagine that sounds like that High-pitched voice. Chipmunks. The best novelty Christmas song of all time is the Chipmunk song. Ross Bagdasarian is better known to us as Dave Seville, the often frustrated, especially with Alvin, manager of the Chipmunk group. You know, Alvin! And of course, Dave is on the song in the beginning where he's talking to what I guess we can call the original boy band, right? The Chipmunks. And it's the song that goes like this. Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. Want a plane that loops the loop? And of course, Alvin, me, I want a hula hoop. We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. And, of course, then Dave tells the chipmunks, you know, how they did. And, of course, Simon did very well, and so did Theodore. But, of course, Alvin was flat, and Alvin's, like, not listening. So, this is a very funny comedy album. And you're like, but 
there's talking in it. How can that be the best one? It's not just pure music. Because of what it created, you know, the Chipmunks went from that song. I, you know, does Ross Bagdasarian realize the empire that are the Chipmunks? I mean, right from the beginning, it was far. It went farther than Witch Doctor. And I would even say, you know, I know that Rudolph and Frosty had their cartoons and their sequels and their spinoffs. But the Chipmunks created something even greater than any other novelty song. Just from the beginning, it was different. Did you know that the Christmas song by the Chipmunks went number one in 1958? It won three Grammy Awards. So right off the bat, the Chipmunk song is setting itself apart from all other Christmas novelty songs. From this song, you get a cartoon series in the 60s. I believe it starts in 1959, but it goes into the 60s. And then there's a pause of that. The song still continues. I mean, I remember growing up in the 70s, and I knew who the Chipmunks were. I think all, all of my friends knew who the Chipmunks were. And as that original group of kids that grew up on the chipmunks in the 60s got into positions in media companies, what happens in the 80s? There is a revival of the chipmunks. And then we're introduced to the, you know, there's a boy band, the chipmunks, and you have the chipettes, the girl version of the chipmunks, and of course the tension between the two. You get holiday specials and other specials featuring the chipmunks. And almost on cue, just like 20 years earlier, right? You get a generation of kids growing up on the Chipmunks. And in 2007, you get a live action movie, Alvin and the Chipmunks, with Jason Lee starring as David Seville. And from the success of the first movie, of course, Hollywood can't let a money maker stop, you get three sequels, or as the second one called itself, the squeakquel. And I need to be honest, you may have debated with me on all the other decisions I made for the best of to this point. This one's rock solid. I mean, if you truly do want to come after me, find me on Twitter, Coach Cullen411. Find me on Facebook, the Parent Teacher Conference. Email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. I dare you to. Because I don't I can't think of a song that has lasted and impacted as many generations in such a variety of ways than the the chipmunk song. You know, Christmas, Christmas time is here. I, I just don't see it. The way I see it, my parents first heard the song as teenagers. I was introduced to it in the 70s, and as I moved on to be a teenager, another cartoon series came on the air and my young daughters also know who the chipmunks are now in the 2020s the fact that in the last year 2022 i saw my youngest daughter sitting in our living room watching the jason lee movie alvin and the chipmunks is truly the proof i need to say the chipmunk song is the best 
Christmas novelty song of all time. Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students, but good parents love those students, their children, deeply. Thank you.